And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, and it's my little boy, Adrian Chenault, and we are the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And wow, we have got a show for you today that is going to absolutely, it's going to inspire you. It's going to make you happy. And I I just love this guy, and I love his books, and he is amazing, and Adrian loves him. Normally, all the guests are guys that are all cronies of mine that Adrian kind of rolls his eyes at. This guy, I had lunch with Adrian today. And he was so pumped up about this show, he wouldn't stop talking about it. I finally had to change the subject. Adrian, you love this guy. Why? I do. I do. I just think it's uh, he's so interesting. And it's kind of a cool backstory because Stu and I actually connected about a year and a half ago. And so we'll tell a little bit of the story of that as well. But just a, an amazing guy. As soon as I started to hear his story and learn about this new book that he has just released. Uh, I was completely enthralled and intrigued. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to have a ton of fun. And so Stu Hynek is the author of How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. Uh, he's also the author of a book called How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. I didn't know if it was anyone or anybody. Uh, who? And he is just somebody who has brought incredible creativity and even some artistry and some fun, really, to what it means to stand out in, from the rest of the crowd in the world of business. He is an incredibly accomplished cartoonist for uh, many, many incredible publications, including the Wall Street Journal, and just a really cool guy. So welcome to the show, Stu. How are you today? Thanks. It sounds so great. I was, I was like, I got to hear this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So Stu, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you, I, and I don't actually even know the exact order, how you either went from being a syndicated cartoonist in uh, publications like the Wall Street Journal to being such a well-known business business author or vice versa. How do these things fit together? Because those, those you don't hear those two things together Never. every day. No, no. I know. Um, uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I studied marketing in school, and uh, but I was already really, really interested in cartooning, and um, so I ended up mixing the two very, very early in my career. I wanted to create direct mail campaigns. That's what, that's what I settled on was creating direct mail campaigns for the big magazine publishers, so Time Inc. and um, uh, and and Nast and so on, and. Um, the thing I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to mix cartoons and personalization into these direct mail campaigns. Well, there was bad news. Tom, uh, uh, sorry, I mean, um, David Ogilvy, not Tom Ogilvy, but David Ogilvy used to say that humor doesn't, well, I mean, the people don't, humor doesn't work in advertising, the people don't buy from clowns and all this stuff. So all the pundits were saying the same thing. And I think, yeah, but wait a minute, um, you know, cartoons are the best read and re remembered parts of magazines and newspapers. That's that's a, a finding of research. Why are you why are you ignoring this? And anyway, my first two assignments, Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit, both of those, both of the test campaigns that I created for them with these personalized cartoons beat their controls. And I thought, okay, now I need to I need to um, I need to bring this to the rest of the publishing industry. And so that meant reaching out to about let's say two dozen VPs and directors of circulation that um, that I knew would be hard to reach I mean, the VPs at, at Time Inc. and 
and Condé Nast and Sutton. These were these were big companies. Tom will remember, right? Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah, way back when they were huge. <laughs> and and so so I thought, well, how am I going to reach them? Well, I, I I've got to put together a little campaign. I didn't know what to call it. I called it a contact campaign. Um, and it was a it was consisted of a print of a cartoon, each personalized to each recipient. And a note that said, hey, this is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit, and we should put these to the test. And I'm just going to ask you guys, what do you suppose I got? What would you ex expect for a response rate to a campaign like that? I would say extremely high. <laughs> I would say low because they would never even receive the thing. No, I say high. All right. I, it's a giant setup, you know, because <laughs> actually, um, you know, in the, in the direct, direct mail business, they were always saying a 1% response rate was good. 100% response rates were impossible. And I got a 100% response rate. Bang, bang. Told you, Tom. Yes, yeah, that's right. So, I knew it. Um, but so that all of this. OK, so I started creating direct mail campaigns, beat a lot of controls. So I beat I set a lot of new records for those for those magazines and everyone else, but I, I was always coming back to it, but wait a minute, there was that campaign that I did originally that, that got 100%, what response, what is that about? And I started playing with it and I started reaching out to, I don't know, CEOs and, and top decision makers, but also presidents of countries and prime ministers and celebrities, because I wanted to see, well, how far can this go? I you know, um, how can I can I meet anyone? <laughs> Does that work? And and it was working. And so I thought, well, uh, isn't that cool? I've got a secret weapon. And then realized, wait a minute, everybody's trying to get meetings. People have been doing the most amazing things to get meetings. What have they been doing? And that turned into my first book, how to how to get a meeting with anyone, because people have been doing the most amazingly clever things to get meetings. It's just amazing. But one of the things I realized also. I, well, actually, you know, just going back a little bit further, um, one of the things, another early experience I had was I was driving down the freeway, the Santa Monica freeway, and I spotted the weed growing out of a crack in the concrete median. And I said, man, that's that's amazing. This is all concrete and it's growing out of a crack in the concrete. And so on the one hand, I'm saying, how on earth did it get there? And on the other hand, we all know how it got there. Those seeds float around and they they probe every possible opportunity to take root. And um, and I just thought, you know, what an amazing example to live up to. Could I do that? In my could I be like that dandelion in my career? And and it got me wondering, you know, is there what are what makes a weed a weed? What makes them so special? Because look, it wasn't there are no apple trees growing out of the cracks in the concrete or <laughs> petunias. They they couldn't make it as a weed. So what is it that weeds are doing? What do they have a model? Is there a unified model to what they're doing? And um, and can it be applied to business? And it turns out they do have a model and it can be applied to business. So I, I hope that it's I sort of answered the question and more. But that's cool. That's, well, that's I, I love that. So let's, we, we've got a few minutes before our first break here. And I want to talk. Let, so let's let's spend the rest of this little segment talking about some of the things. So you you got you know, you had this breakthrough sort of insight that you got 100 percent response rate emailing into really or sorry, direct mailing into really high value, hard to reach targets in these big companies. This sort of a curiosity was born of that. And you went out and looked at other people 
who were sort of outliers in this ability to connect with really big people. And so what are some of the principles or the themes that came out of that that show up in the book, how to how to get a meeting with anyone? Well, you know, you're, you're both CEOs, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, so you get contacted all the time as well. And when people reach out to you, when they reach out to anybody who's important, who's running a company, who's in demand, um, they, you know, they, I guess one thing that would be helpful is if they know something about the company and about you and yeah. about what you're doing, what you're, what's on your mind, like what's on your plate, what are you actually focused on? Um, so relevance is a big one. Another one is having respect for your time. If they take a lot of time to explain what, why they're reaching out, they're, you know that they're going to waste a lot of your time. But if they're respectful of your time, that seems to show up really well. But I think the big one is then is um, showing up in a way that really is intriguing, that has people just saying, oh, my God, who is this? I'm like, I got to I love the way you think I've, we've got to meet. That, that, that's so true. And, and so there's almost kind of two two layers to this, right? The first layer is there's kind of an 80-20. The 80-20 is do like just the basic amount of background research on a company to actually be able to say something meaningful to the person and to, you know, to speak to what the company is doing. And you have in five minutes of time and usually less, you have already outpaced over 80% of the competition who just sends the same old copy paste to literally everybody. And if I even open it, which is unlikely, I immediately delete it, right? So it's not that hard to get first past that gate of just standing out from all the idiots out there that are not doing any work at all, right, Stu? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm along the way, I've left out the cartooning part, but <laughs> I'm also one of the Wall Street Journal cartoons. I, I've got a lot of cartoons. I've used cartoons in, in marketing my whole career. And so I know how to use them. And if I send someone a cartoon, one of my cartoons, I get through. If, I'm, if I reach their assistant, um, who is often, you know, the, their, their job is to make sure that they don't let the, the wrong people through. And so if I'm saying, hi, I'm Stu Heineck, we don't know each other, but I'm Stu Heineck and I'm, I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists and I'm sending a print of one of my cartoons and it happens to be about Tom or Adrian. I think your assistant is usually what the assistant says, is, what, really? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. so, so you get through. Yeah. And so then that's that's where the magic and, you know, really some of the artistry and the creativity come out, come out. And, and I think that's a really fun part of what you have done. And, you know, when you and I so so Stu and I connected about 18 months ago during the pandemic, uh, largely over the similarity in the name contact mapping and contact marketing, which is what Stu came to call this sort of magic that he has created in the way that he reaches out to people. And so we started talking and I got to sit in one time on a mastermind, so to speak, that you were running with people that were, you were helping to implement contact marketing. And so I got to be a fly on the wall to people who were attempting to get in the front door through, you know, somebody they don't even know who's the, who runs a multi-billion dollar hedge fund, somebody who's, you know, people who are, again, you know, have a lot of money, have no reason to pay attention to somebody that they don't know coming through the door and how do they go about doing it? And it was so fun because people were trading these really creative ideas for how to open that door. And so, you know, Stu, in the students in the groups that you've worked with over the years, do any things come to mind of, of some really standout creative ideas that, that people who have followed you have used to open up some doors? 
Yeah, well, I mean, not just the people who followed. I, you know, the thing is, people have gotten in touch and, and said, I read your book and I made. I went out and I made $300,000. That's happened a couple of times now. <laughs> like, oh, my God. We didn't charge enough for that book. <laughs> no, yeah. But, um, but the you know the thing that really the thing that really broadens it is what has everybody been doing and what are the sort of like the standout campaigns and there was I'm just going to tell you I don't know how much time you have before the break but yeah one minute to break one minute so so the the record for response to to a contact campaign is over three hundred percent I'll probably have to explain that after the break and then the record for ROI on a contact campaign is. The highest one we know of is ninety six million five hundred thousand percent. That's it. <laughs> Crazy. So, and, and I think this is there. There's a secret, and there's a principle in there. So we're gonna take a break here in just a minute. I'm gonna let my poor dad say something on the other side of the break. I promise. But there's a principle there that sometimes when you slow down and you really, really put the focus and the emphasis and the effort into treating people as important as they truly are that magic can happen beyond your wildest dreams. So we're interviewing Stu Heineck, the author of How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. Go check out stuheineck.com, H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com at the break. And we'll be right back. That was a fun segment. Hello, Dracy. Hello, Rob. Hello, Daniela. Who else do we have on here in the next couple of Let's seconds see. during the break? Denise Towner Chenault. I think we know her. Yeah, Christina. <laughs> Jim Carpenter, Zip this guy. is right in your wheelhouse. I was going to talk about that if he ever lets my mouth move. All right, we'll see if uh, we'll, we'll see if you have good vibes on the other half of this break. All right, this is a shorter segment, so we're coming back right after this. And welcome back, everybody. It is Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault, and it is Stu Heineken. No Heineke. No Heineck. Stu Heineck. That's how you say his name. That's it, yeah. Sometimes wrong in my mind. So I thought, well, I'll just pull that elephant out of the refrigerator, see if I can piss him off to bring him back, because I did know how to say it exactly correctly. And the here's what people love the most about me. And that's what I remember about them. And what Stu has done is he's written two phenomenal books doing just that, that when people get engaged by him, they're automatically related at a level they've never been before. So their curiosity is piqued by the amount of respect that Stu had with the work that he did to open up the conversation. And I love it because it's what I try to do at a very, very low level. I didn't even know a guy like this existed. And what he is doing is exactly what all of you need to do. You need to buy his books. That's that simple, right? That's exactly right. I'm done. No, keep going. No, I'm done. No. I insist. I insist. All right. So how there's the ratio, like the laws of physics were defied by the two things that you shared just before the break. So how yes. does one achieve a 300% response rate and a 96 million percent return on investment? Well, so, so, so a couple of campaigns that I've got to tell you about one of them is um, it was just a, it was actually just a, a, um, a business, the guy's business card. So, um, I have to explain. It's printed on rubber, so a little sheet of rubber, and then it's pulled tight on a jig, and then they printed the the, the, the fellow's name and his contact information, and then they took it off the. Well, once it dried, it cured, then they took it off the jig. It returns to its normal shape, and so all of the details are now squeezed together. That's the genius of the whole thing, because he he was. <laughs> 
So what would happen is he'd get into conversations with someone and, and they'd say, well, what do you do? What do you do with, and do you have a business card? And he'd pull out this little floppy piece of rubber. And, <laughs> and, and of course people naturally, it's like, well, you know, like a balloon, right? Yes, exactly. You got to stretch it. And when you stretch it, it real reveals it's Paul Nielsen's card. He's a fitness trainer. And guess what? He already has you exercising. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And so people would, they'd say, can I keep your cart? Yes, of course. I can. <laughs> yeah, of course. So they'd, they'd whip it out in the office. They'd show it, you know, like they're talking, just talk, whenever they're talking to anyone, they kept it in their pockets and they'd pull it out. They'd check out this business card I got from this guy the other night. And, and they, and everyone naturally, they pull it and say, look at that. He, he, this guy's a fitness trainer. He already has you exercising. And, and they'd just go, oh my God, I love this so much. Can I write down his number? So Paul said that every time he handed out one of those, he'd get three or four new clients wow so that's, that's that's amazing yeah. um and then the other one is um so clear your palate here's here's a, a startup and um and they were making a a, 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 um, a tongue cleaner so it was just this plastic tongue tongue cleaner appliance and um and they wanted to become the biggest tongue cleaner company in the in the in the world and they started by uh, by using they, they hired these young guys at BYU and they were running these um, these videos on YouTube and they had a spokesperson and they had a big I don't know they had a giant tongue and all, all ah, this. they were doing that for a year and they ended up selling about a million dollars worth of product that's pretty good from from YouTube videos, that's really pretty good. And um, then they thought, well, what's next? I know. Let's. What we've got to do is we've got to break into Walmart. And um, so they they went the route that everyone else does. They applied and heard nothing. And so then the young guys, the ones that they're kind of they're a little out of control. They put together a little ad and ran it on Facebook. So you know, it's that little tiny size, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and the, the and it had their spokesperson from the videos, and it said Walmart employees have bad breath, but if you you know if you do business with them, if you put us if you put our product on your shelf, you won't. Or anyway, it was the Walmart's Walmart employees have bad breath that caught the attention of Walmart. They they targeted it to um, you know to the Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, zip code where, where where they're headquartered into, you know, the right age range and 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 educational range. So they were targeting the they were look they were trying to get the, the attention of the right buyer. What they got the attention of was actually the I think it, it was either the communications department or legal department. I'm not sure which. But one of them reached out within 48 hours and they said, "Are you the guys running this ad?" Yeah, we are. Oh my God, would you please take it down? Yeah, of course we'll take it down. Um, but did you run this thing nationally? No, 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 no. We just targeted it to you at your headquarters. What really? Well, geez, you guys are kind of, you're, you're actually pretty savvy, uh, um, digital marketers, aren't you? And you? Yeah. Well, the next thing they knew they were introduced to the dental products buyer who said, um, you know, can you, uh, can you, can you, can you, um, can you can you support a, 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 I, don't know, I think it was a 750 unit order, which was a million and a half dollars. So, you know, one and a half times what they'd made the previous year. And it turned out that that create the CEO, who's the guy that I interviewed, said that he figured it was a it was a 10x multiplier against a two million dollar valuation. So that's part of why that, that was such a it was just a bit. It was, now they're rolled out at Walmart, Walmart 6600 stores in Walmart. That is so, so cool. All right. Well, so we're going to take another quick break here 
We're going to come back on the other side and we got to talk about this new book because what you are doing in how to grow your business like a weed is remarkable. So we're with Stu Heineck, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com. Go check him out on the break. We'll be back right after this. Who's Priscilla Pasimo? Do you even know her? I don't know. She's cool. Oh, man, Devin. Very cool. My wife, Doug Stair. He's a cool guy. Denise (laughs) Chenault. I love that woman. It's unbelievable. She's the best. We're having fun. All right. So we're coming back in another 10 seconds and let's switch gears. These are commercial breaks. That's why we're killing time here. Don't think this is some amateur operation. (laughs) No, you guys are doing a great job. All right. All right. Here we go. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault and it's Adrian Chenault and it is Stu Heineck. And this guy is a rock star. If you do anything today, go buy his book called How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. And while you're there on Amazon, buy his other one because his other one rocks too. This guy was an, a cartoonist. And, you know, now you're illustrators. You aren't cartoonists anymore. And you go to SCAD. Where did you go to college, Stu? Oh, I went to USC, but and I, I didn't study art at all. It was. Yeah. Well, now you got to have the $500,000 degree and, you know, you got to have hair and all kinds of shit. But, you know, oh, can't even cuss on the radio. Sorry about that. But anyway, yeah. So now, you know, this guy just went out there and rolled up his sleeves and went to work and became an illustrator for the Wall Street Journal. Then he got to hang with the illustrators and cartoonists from Playboy, Condé Nast, The New Yorker, all these great things. And he learned how they do it, which is all hard work innovation and thinking out of the box. I love this guy and Adrian loves him more. I do. I do. This book is fantastic. How to grow your business like a weed. Uh, That is looking very funny with our green screen. It is actually this beautiful blue cover, which you're not able to see very well, but it is a fantastic, fantastic book. And I got such a kick out of this. So uh, this probably does not come in your one off of Amazon, but when you send one out to friends, it's got this weed strategy business model in it that has a packet of dandelion seeds inside, which I just thought was so, so clever. Oh, there you go. And so I, I want to hear more about how, you know, it, it's such a cool idea, this thought of, okay, weeds, you know, they propagate everywhere. They have, you know, they play by different rules from everybody else. When you told me about the book, I must confess it sounded really difficult to make that analogy really play out and work to applicable business strategies, but you have done that, my friend. And so talk about some of what you were able to observe and research in the way that uh, that weeds work in nature and how some of those ideas apply to grow, sure. especially a startup like contact mapping, because that's a huge part of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, by the way, first of all, I'm just I'm relieved to see that you didn't open up the uh, the seed packet and. and oh, I dumped it in his front yard. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, well, I started at the beginning. I said I I, I was wondering, do weeds have a, a a unified model that they all use to to grow? Like we we know we all know what it means to grow like a weed. Is that they have this unified model? And if they do, they do. Um, if they do, is it applicable to business? And I, what I'm discovering is it's actually, I'm ca- I call the, the whole thing weed strategy. And and weed strategy seems to be the, the theory of everything about growing anything. Because, you know, we've been, I've been starting to get involved with, with consulting, just quick consulting work on this. And we're helping people grow just about anything, like like a recruiting effort rather than just a business Actually, that doesn't that didn't quite come out right, but <laughs> that, than, that's super interesting. So, so dive in a little bit to some of these concepts, and uh, and and 
share a little bit more with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the, so here's the model. They they take all forms and sizes. Weeds do, and they're they're all over, all over the earth. Um, but they all do the same thing. They all follow the same formula. They all leverage a fierce mindset. Got to come back to all of these actually, but a fierce mindset against against. Uh, sorry, they leverage a fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that is well honed, but dynamic. That's how they do it. Interesting. Okay. So should I unpack that a little bit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so weeds, so let's say the weed mindset. No, I'm not talking about, first of all, we're not talking about this kind of weed, the kind of weed you smoke. We're not talking about the bunch of, bunch of guys. Like if, if we're talking about the weed mindset, we're not talking about a bunch of guys smoking a bunch of dubs going, wow, man. <laughs> it's about, it's a, it's the mindset that you see when you try to control weeds at all in your yard, because it's really hard to do. And it's hard to do because they fight back. They are persistent and resilient and aggressive and urgent. And, 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 you know, they, you can't control them actually. So you'll see it. You'll, if you cut them down, they immediately go back to, I mean, they run their process and they immediately go back to regrowing what was lost. They, they don't stop. They don't, they don't fret about it. They just do it. And, um, and that is a really, really important that's a, I mean, we're all entrepreneurs here. That's a really important set of attributes to have. Another part of their of their mindset too, though, is um, I just meant, I mentioned earlier. If you see a weed, let's say if you see a dandelion in your lawn, um, look up because what you'll see is it's it's not there alone. It's there with you know dozens, if not hundreds, of other um, dandelions. They don't do things alone. They they do things. They don't do it things at one to one scale. They do it at leverage, and they understand leverage, and they use it constantly. You know, one weed, one dandelion showing up in your lawn wouldn't be much of a of a factor, but you know, hundreds of them, and they're each popping out. You know, like let's say fifteen thousand seeds over a five to ten year lifespan. That's really tough to 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 um, to control. So that's that that's. That, that's part of what part of their um, their mindset is that they're also great, great, just natural collaborators. And there's more, but that that's the weed mindset. And that's I think it's amazing that they can have a mindset even though they don't have brains. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and even I mean, just you know, from the perspective of, of some of the actual science and research that you did, part of what you talk about is that they really like. This isn't like conceptual working together. Like there's literal science that shows that plants are able to communicate with each other and to say, hey, there's a tribe of there's a herd of elephants coming, you know, put the stuff that makes it taste bad into your leaves so that they'll leave you alone and move on. So there is actual connection and relationship and community being built. And that's essential. You know, you feel like you're working alone. You feel like you're a solopreneur or that you're sort of operating in a vacuum. But that if you want to grow like a weed, that's the wrong strategy. You have to reach out and start creating those connections. Right, Stu? Yeah. And I'm glad you um, I'm glad you brought all that up because they do network and they and and again, they're natural collaborators. And pardon me for saying this, but I think there's a huge contact patch between that and your and your business. Pardon you. Yeah, we, we pardon you for that. Here's a, how do you become the king weed? The I mean, king is, there, is there a boss or how does this all go down? Well, um, let me just stand up for a second. You don't become the king, king weed. You become the chief weed officer. 
You didn't even know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that, we didn't even set that up. How do you do that? Um, well, you can, first of all, you can get the t-shirt at my site. <laughs> you know that. But, um, well, I mean, you, you, here's how you do it. You, um, you apply weed strategy to your business. I think every, every business owner ought to be thinking in terms of applying weed strategy to, to their business because I wrote the book and then I'm, and then when I was editing it, I mean, that's, then that's more of a, of the experience of reading the book. I'm just saying, Oh my God, I'm making so many mistakes in my own business. Uh, yeah. You know, I tend to prototype my, our, our campaigns. I, I want to put out things that people have never seen before, or let's say just astonishing things anyway. And so usually that involves prototyping. Sending prototypes of things out is not the way to scale anything. Um, so you just you find ways that that weeds help us just see things so absolutely clearly about what we need to do to grow our business. So that's how you become a chief weed officer. And of course, then you got to get the T-shirt. Yeah, well, we'll do that for sure. Yeah, it's super, super cool. I love it. And, you know, the, this ability to, you know, what, what I observed in, in reading and, and, you know, just learning about this model is that, you know, weeds have to not only be able to pass on the message, but they've got to pass on a message that can in turn get passed on. And so learning how to be a better communicator, learning how to to build connections and networks where people not only are willing to receive your message, but they're so enthusiastic about what you're doing that they want to share it in turn. That's how that leverage begins to get creative. Is that created? Is that correct, Stu? Yeah, I think, I think so. And, and I'm, again, I'm, I don't, you guys didn't pay me to plug contact mapping, but, but what you're doing with contact mapping is absolutely weed-like. It helps people become very weed-like. Um, because they because it helps them collaborate, and I think it's you know when it, I, I was realizing this just before we went on, like oh my god, there's such a huge contact patch here between this between the between weed strategy and and what you guys are doing. I think it's that's that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean we, we we have to create these unfair advantages as well, and that's you know I mentioned it, there's a weed mindset and it's that's leveraged with unfair advantages against collective scale and so un creating unfair advantages for our business also is just critical if we don't have unfair advantages we really have no business being in business and we won't be in business for long I think you guys are probably I think you probably recognize that fully because contact mapping is doing quite well I can see it's doing well and I'm, I'm kind of curious what are some of your unfair advantages have you ever thought about that yeah, we've uh, we finally got people to understand that it isn't about the app. It's about the human being. And you walk into a meeting without agenda and have the agenda that you have be the agenda of a person across the table. It clears everything because wow. everybody else is trying to pitch something and we're just hitting them right in the heart. And it becomes this little fencing game of us talking about them and them talking about their product. And all of a sudden they realize they've lost before they even started. That's one of our weed advantages. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, the other thing I would say is there's you, no one, no one is expecting to be remembered. No one is expect. you know, we're like, it's so, it's so much more common in our experience in really any business setting that we're really talking at each other. And so 
when you actually demonstrate that you really cared about somebody and that you listened to them and you paid attention to what they had to say, that becomes an incredible competitive advantage that stands out from 90% of the pack. And what we create that I think is that unfair advantage is all the time we hear from customers. I, you know, my, my contact mapping app reminded me it was time to reach out to Stu today. I looked at my notes. I remembered something about a conversation or an interaction or something that was unique to our, our relationship together. And I reached out to him and what happened next was much like these people that say, oh my God, I made $300,000. It's it's this situation where they go, the person was, you know, they, they couldn't believe I'd called them that day. They tell me I was about to call you, which is never true. That's just what people say because they wished they would have thought <laughs> to call you. And they say, I want to buy what you have, or I want to do business with you, or I have this opportunity for you or whatever it is. And all of that would have never in any way occurred if you wouldn't have taken the time to reach out. And so these are the kind of unfair advantages that you can create, really kind of combining the themes of your two books, Stu, that it's about caring enough about people to put a little bit of effort into standing way above the, the rest of the pack. And then to have this, this sort of insurgent mindset that weeds have of we're not going to, you know, we're not just going to do the basic, we're not going to do the bare minimum. We're not going to do what everybody else has done. We are going to take over the world. We're going to do it together in community. And we want everybody to be part of this movement instead of having it be just all about me on an island. And so that's what those things are really about. So we got to take one more quick break. We're going to come back with Stu Hynek right after this. He's the author of How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. Make sure you go check out the new book on Amazon. You're going to absolutely love it. You're listening to the Legacy Leadership Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault on the Genesis Communication Network. Bang, bang. Good boy. How about that? <laughs> All right. We got one last short segment here. Okay. We'll have some fun. We really love you. Your eyes twinkle. You can feel your heart a mile away. That shirt was just a complete <laughs> shock, which was adorable. And, you know, Natural Living with Diane Terry Dawson. We love you from Western Nebraska. It's a beautiful day. It's pretty cool. All right. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault. We got Stu Hynek with us. And this guy's written an amazing couple of books that if you haven't bought them on Amazon by now, I'm coming to your house. They <laughs> will change your life because I'm telling you, you want your business to grow like a weed. And sometimes we are so controlling of the process that we don't let it grow. And what he's done is proven to you that let that baby go, man. It's going to fly if you just let it. Go out there, just lead with your chin, stop thinking so much, and you win, right, Paco? That's exactly <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Stu, you got the new book out here in the world. You are making big waves that, you know, the people that have already put amazing uh, – testimonials on the book, including Kathy Ireland, Nicola Korsing, who's the executive director of the of the uh, NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. I mean, you have some huge people who are already behind this. You know, when you think about the vision of, of the impact you want to create from this book, what's the legacy that you think that this new concept is going to leave in the world? Oh, there are a bunch of them, but I, one, one is, and it's going to sound crazy, I think this one is going to be the biggest, um, the biggest, business growth uh, book in the in the world 
not because I wrote it, not because of this interview, you know, any of those things, not because of anything I've done. It's because the weeds are so awesome. They're just incredible. And and it will dawn on people that, my God, yeah, you know what? The, we've known what, what we've all known that the expression to grow like a weed, we know what that means, but now someone is actually sat down and, and figured out, well, how, how do they actually grow like this? How do they spread like this? And how could we do the same thing in our business? You know, um, you asked about legacy. One of the things, and you, you mentioned the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. Um, I, I mentioned in the book that I'm going to start a new award, an annual award called the Total Weed Award. I can't wait to call some people Total Weeds. <laughs> very- <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so, so I, you mentioned Nicola as well. And so I, I, we are putting together a partnership with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center so that the, so that the Total Lead Award will become an award that's given out at the, in partnership with the National, I'm sorry, with, with NASDAQ, with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. And I'll tell you what's so cool about this, because it's also total weed strategy on, on um, well, for both sides, but certainly on my side, because the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center will be easy, easily attracting media partners for, for this event and, and sponsors. That's great. It's going to be a fundraising, a fundraising event for the, for the center. But, but those media sponsors or partners, those are critical to me because it's going to, they're going to spread more seeds than I could possibly imagine about the book. And I do believe that as people catch on to like, no, I'm not talking about this kind of weed, first of all. And, you know, <laughs> sure. But as they catch on, as they realize, oh, my God, look at the weeds. Look what they're doing. Oh, my God, there's this book. I think it'll actually become the biggest selling book in the world on growth strategy. I knew it. He signed the book just to Adrian. <laughs> Dang it. I just know I got to get you one as well. <laughs> and a pack of seeds for Adrian's lawn. There we we want to we wanna help you promote that whole NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. Everything you're doing. We are huge fans of you. Nothing is better than having your business grow out of control. And every one of you have got that opportunity if you stop thinking so small. Right, Stu? Absolutely. Yeah, you can do, you can spread worldwide. Yeah, think about that. that. That's a huge deal. And, and these connections, right? You know, what I love about what Stu has talked about today and, and what I see you doing in, in each one of our interactions is that you're thinking about how do we make connections that have this, you know, win-win of, you know, spread this spreading effect for everybody, right? What you're doing is helping the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center to further its message and to connect to more and better entrepreneurs. When they put you up in, and create this award, that's allowing you to connect to media partners and to further your message as well. And so all over the place, there are these win-win opportunities to create things and to create connection points that allow for everybody to be better off than before you got to the table. And that, again, that comes back to what this is all about, right? It's not about how do I, how, how do I be winner take all and get what I want? And I don't care if you get what you want. It's about how do I be more creative in finding ways for everybody to win and to put the right kind of people together where I see the opportunity for these two parties to win together. And that's something that every one of us can do. Yeah, I think so. And, and and really, I just absolutely love the fact that that it sounds like I'm doing a commercial for contact mapping, but I'm not. I just love the fact that you help people um, collaborate because it's just such a huge part of the of the weeds model. And when I'm consulting with people um, to, on how to grow their business, 
we're we're focusing we have to focus on the whole model but we end up going right to what are your unfair advantages what are some of the ones what what sorts of other unfair advantages can you cultivate and then also what kind of alliances do you have because that's you don't do it with one to one leverage you you do it with at least at least sort of multi channel leverage and and even better if it's collective scale so just on a broad on a broad basis or broad scale and you help people do it it actually is a great fit it's an amazing fit do you know what the big question of the day is? What is it? How did we live our life this long without him? That's exactly <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. We love we you, man. To, we need to create an alliance. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So please go right now. Either go to stewheinick.com or just jump on Amazon. Search for how to grow your business like a weed. You are going to absolutely love this book. You're going to love Stu and what he's up to. And he's making a positive difference in the world just like you are. So make sure you do that. Stu, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited for what the future holds as we collaborate together. And so thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for having me. And Tom, so great to meet you finally. Um, thanks. This was, this was a blast. You are an, a, you just got a spirit about you that I love. Thanks a million, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next week, we've got Jordan Adler, author of Beach Money. You and, won't like him nearly incredible. as well as Stu. Nah, he's, a, he's an amateur. <laughs> so thanks for listening to Legacy Leadership on the Genesis Communication Network. We'll see you all next week. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, my God. Stu, so you are a hey, rock star. This is a blast. Thank you so much. Thank for, you, I love man. what you guys are doing. And it really, I wasn't like pumping you. It's like, I'm just saying, oh, my God, look what you're doing. Because... You get that you were helping people collaborate in a kind of a natural way and treat what an amazing like thing you're doing instead of prospects. That's all it is, is just letting them dropping them where they are instead of where our agenda is and getting rid of that stigma. And that's all it boils down to. And man, did you do that illustration behind you? Yes. Oh, that's I knew it. <laughs> we gotta have him paint our wall. Yeah. We, we love you, have- Sue. All Dude, right. we got to talk. All right, man. I'm going to get you. Can I, can he give you my phone number? Yeah, that'd be great. All I'd right. love to do that. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Denise Dunlap, we'll love soon. you.